Hello, Happy New Year. Welcome back to the Grove Cricket Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us and a big thanks to Mr Howard who joined us in our previous episode. I'm delighted to have two guests alongside me today. Obviously, the news that's broken from the Prime Minister early in the week has, has put a bit of a, a stop to our cricket programme for the moment. Um, it's certainly going to be a tough few weeks for everybody, none more so than, than our kids who are, who are not going to be in school for the next few weeks. So our thoughts go out to everybody at home. Um, from a cricket point of view, it's obviously not going to be the, the winter programme we would have liked. There are lots of challenges, lots of videos that we are going to be putting up and keep putting new things online for you to have a go at. So please send in any videos, any scores. It would be great to see lots of people playing some cricket in their back garden, on their drive, and just keeping themselves busy um, in their time at home. Right, I'll, uh, I'll quickly get on to our two guests who are alongside me. We are going to be joined by a special guest later on today. Welcome back to Mr Bedford. And a special welcome to our newest member of... PE staff, Mr. Wenham. Mr. Wenham, have you enjoyed your first term at Woodhouse Grove? Yeah, it's obviously um, well. Thanks for having me, but it's obviously been a bit of a, a bit of a surreal one, a bit strange. Um, but it's been great, great to be amongst a good team. Um, and I hope, fingers crossed, um, if we can get this vaccine rolled out, we might actually get a bit of a bit of sport in, which would be nice. Brilliant. Uh, now um, you come with a bit of cricket in pedigree, so um, just tell us how you. How you got into cricket and how you first, where you first started playing? Yeah, I think pedigree is very generous. Um, I, I love cricket. Um, I've played <clears throat> for a long time um, and still do play um, more socially now. Um, yeah, I first started at, at sort of school level. Um, so I got, I got into cricket playing with my cousins. I had four cousins. Um, that we used to go and see all the time, and we used to play, you know, down down the side of the house in the little little alleyway there with a wheelie bin. And I remember, I still remember the first time I went to bowl properly, and they all started laughing at me. And I was like, "Hang on, what's going on here?" It wasn't unusual for me to be laughed at as the youngest of that group, but I thought something was different. And anyway, transpired. It didn't. I didn't understand at the time that I'd basically just bowled a, a leggy naturally. I couldn't bowl any other way. I'd just come straight out. Um, and from then on, it, it was just, it was leg spin from there forward. Um, and actually, although it was, it was pretty tough to, to bowl, especially, you know, particularly like under 11, under 12 age, when no one really understands coaching leg spin, let alone bowling it, um, it was pretty tough. But it actually, it put me in some quite good stead going forward because it's quite a rarity for a, for a school player to to bowl leg spin, so I was quite fortunate and got a lot of opportunities off the back of that, um, which kind of a theme for my whole cricketing career, really. I was very lucky and I was always, it's interesting hearing Alistair Cook say, he's, he was in the right place at the right time a lot. Um, I can definitely relate to that with being, with getting my opportunities. Um, I can remember my first, my first 11 debut. Um, I was 14, I, I didn't see it coming at all. Um, I remember we had, we had, we were doing an athletics session and our head of cricket was coaching me how to, to throw the discus or whatever and I remember the the first 11 captain strolling down I could see him coming and I started trembling because obviously I knew who he was um, and I just sort of hung an ear out listening to their conversation they were due to play the MCC two days later and he said that one of the players was was gone home something some problem and then 
And I was like, oh, blah, blah. And I wasn't listening. I was just being nosy. I wasn't being hopeful. Um, <clears throat> and then out of nowhere, fingers started being pointed at me. Um, and like, before I knew it, I was part of that conversation. Um, and then two days later, I was, I was turning the old arm over against the MCC, which was quite cool. Um, and actually, that was my, my break, even though that game went horribly for me personally. Um, that was my that was my big break, um, and I I actually didn't miss a, a first eleven game from there. Um, so yeah, actually I, I only bowled I bowled two overs, naught for about thirty. Um, I remember coming into a huddle over after my second. We get we get a wicket. Came into a huddle. Um, skippers turned to me. Take a blow there, Fred. After two overs, coming in as a specialist bowler. Um, again, I was there just because I was the only leg spinner in the school, and I've been and I've been taken off after two overs. It wasn't ideal, but uh, came in at number nine, batted out eleven overs for the draw, um, left it on a high. So uh, that probably probably is a fair reflection of my cricketing career as well. Brilliant. Nice to um, nice to hear some stories of, of playing in the garden and playing on the drive and playing in the alleyways, which is obviously something that's very relatable for our kids at the moment. So hopefully, there's going to be some stories coming out in the next few years, maybe where. Um, some of our players spent some time playing in the garden, practicing the skills, and then go on to represent our first team. Yeah, so um, Mr. Wenham, there you mentioned about your own playing career. Um, you've moved into coaching as well as a teacher. So, uh, would you just like to tell us a little bit about what you've done so far in terms of coaching cricket? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I probably should say before that I was very fortunate to be coached by some incredible people, um, and that probably has helped me in my own coaching. Um, so we had two very established directors of cricket when I was at school. Um, one was a guy called Steve Salisbury, um, who's a big part of the MCC, and the other was a guy called Shane Clutey, who played for Zimbabwe. Um, and then we had a cricket pro um, alongside that. Um, so we had people like Carl Greenwich, who's Gordon Greenwich's son. Um, we had Martin Saggers, who used to um, bowl for England. Um, and I was just around really, really good people. Um, and again, much like, much like the, you know, the students here, I had great facilities. Um, I had, I had cricket around me all the time. I was just always playing. And I don't think, in a sport like cricket, I think that's that's pretty much the best thing. Um, if you can just always have a bat in your hand, a ball in your hand. Um, it's funny you see the video the other day of Steve Smith shadow batting the night before the Test match in his full whites. I think myself and Mr. Borenson joked about it, thinking, "Oh, he's obviously he's obviously messing around." But if you actually watch the video, he is deadly serious. He's he's imagining being out there in the middle of the SCG, um, and I just think that's the that, that's the best way. You've got to to be successful. You've got to live and breathe it. Um, but to then have those coaches sort of dropping gold dust um, around you was really cool. Um, in terms of my coaching, I coached first coached cricket out in Australia, um, which was great. Absolutely loved it. Um, a different challenge for me because um, the wickets are obviously a lot, a lot um, different to what they are over here. Um, their approach to cricket is slightly different. Um, I mean, as a, as a sort of country, they're a bit more relaxed anyway. Um, so yeah, that, that presented different challenges. And then I came back to, um, to England and I coached my previous school. I was actually um, head of the girls' cricket programme there. So... Um, that was a really cool opportunity. Uh, I took over, sort of, it had been established the year before I got there. Um, I came over and, and took over that programme and we had a, a first 11 and um, an under-15s team, an under-14s team, 
um, playing a full a full fixture calendar, and um, like it was just great. To, I was I was coaching a lot of senior boys rugby. It was great to get out there and get a different um, perspective on coaching. Um, get get coaching the girls um, and to see them really really enjoy it. Really love the game. Um, and we actually had a couple of um, county selections off the back of that as well, which was which was great. So um, yeah, that was a really that was a really cool experience. Brilliant, yeah. Um, girls cricket is obviously something I'm very enthusiastic and passionate about. Um, we did introduce lots of girls cricket to our programme last winter and it was great to have lots of girls playing cricket for the first time. We had planned to be doing PE, um, cricket in PE with the girls during this term. Obviously, that's not going to be happening for the next few weeks, but fingers crossed we'll be able to give the girls lots of opportunities to play cricket across our programme and hopefully lots of fixtures as we head towards the summer. Mr Bedford, you spent your winter break fulfilling some different roles at your local cricket club. Yeah, um, I've been doing a bit of work down at the ground at, at New Family. It's only 500 yards from where I live. Um, and I think it's really important in these times just to be helping out the local sports club. And um, yeah, the cricket club's a big part of our life. So the last few weeks I've been down there barrowing um, 20 tonne of sand onto the outfield and, and the football pitch alongside it. And uh, it's great just to get out there and with all the club men and, and give a little bit back. Uh, it's uh, it's a superb facility now at New Family. Um, it's really really come on over the last few years, and uh, that's testament to the to the chairman who you know has put so much time and, and money into and support into it. So uh, yeah, it's been great. I've really enjoyed that over the last few weeks. Brilliant. Yeah, it's obviously been a tough year or two for for cricket. So it's great to hear some stories of people helping their local club and helping the community. So a big well done for Mr. Bedford for spending some of his Christmas. Christmas break, helping out his local cricket club. Um, now, Mr Wenham, I think it's fair to say you're quite a strong advocate of the return of the staff cricket team. So can you just give us an indication as to what your hopes are for that? And can you give us an insight into some of the names you might be looking forward to yeah, seeing? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you've asked this, Mr Borrington. Um, yeah, so give a bit of context around that. I think the, the staff cricket programme, uh, as I will call it, the staff cricket programme, um, that we hope to run uh, is such a good way um, for us to you know, get out there and actually play a little bit ourselves and, um, and be amongst the, the competitive but um, very much social side of sport still. Um, it's something I did at my last school and actually I didn't have enough time to play, to play club cricket um, at the weekend. Um, so just sort of ticking over uh, on a Wednesday evening was, was great. Um, Look, I've been doing a bit of scouting, haven't held any official trials yet, which leaves me in a little bit of difficulty in terms of putting names out there. What I can say is I have seen recently on Firefly a few of Mr Barr's demonstrations, uh, and based purely on his cover drive, he wouldn't be anywhere near the side. Um, <laughs> naturally, Mr Borrington, you'd be in there probably, probably looking three or four maybe. Again, that's based off stats, not technique. Um, Mr. Bedford, I, I have seen you shadow batting in the corridor. I reckon you'd be in the mix there somewhere. I'd like to think me and you would probably open the batting. Um, so, so, yeah, look, I've had a few, few thoughts here and there. Um, selection's very, very much open still. Um, um, hopefully we'll get a few fixtures in against other schools, uh, other school staff, um, staff rooms. Um, and it would be really great, hopefully, if we get this vaccine rolled out and, and we're back in the summer. Um, it'd be a great way to spend it.
That sounds, it sounds good. Uh, I think in terms of morale, um, to have a, a staff team and something to look forward to during the week as well for for the staff would be would be brilliant. Um, it's something I know, Mr. Borrington, you you've sort of wanted to to look at, and it's a bit of an old boys circuit as well, isn't it? That, that happens um, with your your old school Repton. Um, which is maybe something we could get involved in as well as a, as a school, but I think it's great. Cricket's a, a game for everybody, isn't it? And I think um, we certainly get a lot of interest in that. Uh, I did listen. I should say I did listen to your first podcast, Mr. Mantle, and I know he's he's done a bit of wiki keeping <laughs> yeah, his time, and I, I think I think he'd be a bit upset if he didn't get a mention. So <laughs> yes, Mr. Mantle, you'd be behind the stumps. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it feels a long way off at the moment, but hopefully that's something we can look forward to ahead of the summer. Now, I mentioned earlier on we were going to have another guest joining us today. Uh, the three of us yesterday were very lucky to to have a chat with a current professional cricketer. Um, Tom Wood from Derbyshire joined us just to give us his views and his thoughts on how what's going on in the world is affecting uh, professional cricket at the moment. So um, there's some really interesting things that came out of it. Thanks very much to Tom for giving up his time. Tom, thanks very much for joining us. Just give us a little bit of an insight how everything that's going on in the world at the moment is affecting you and professional cricket. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, obviously, difficult times for everyone at the minute. Um, and for professional cricket, um, we've actually only just gone back in this last week, having been on, on furlough for three months. Um, so that's been frustrating and, and difficult, uh, not being able to train at all, but uh, it's great to finally be back in this week training. So what exactly does your schedule look like at the moment and how is that different to a normal uh, winter of training for you? Yeah, it is a lot different at the minute. There's obviously COVID protocols in place. Um, at the minute, we the squad's been split up into two groups. Um, just to try and limit interaction between everyone. Um, so I think one one group goes in in the morning for a few hours and the second group goes in for a few hours in the afternoon. Um, so it's not as much not as much as we'd normally be doing at the minute. Um, obviously normally we'd all be in together training. Um, but just I think it's just for the first couple of weeks we're in separate groups and then hopefully if we don't have any any COVID cases, we can all come together and maybe get back to training as usual. Brilliant. And how do you reflect on the the 2020 season? Obviously, some different restrictions and regulations in the game. How did those things affect you and how did you find it in the county game? Uh, it, was, it was obviously different because it was such a small and short condensed season. We, we missed half a season um, and to try and squeeze a few, a few games into a two-month period was tough. Um, but I think everyone was glad to be back playing, to be honest, um, and really enjoyed being able to get back out there and play in such difficult, strange times. Tom, thanks for that. Um, I just want to ask a, a few questions. I like to read a, a lot of autobiographies and I'm really interested in the journey to the top of any professional sportsman. Um, could you just tell us a little bit about your journey and, and how you ended up at Derbyshire? Yeah, um, I'm definitely nowhere near the top, but I appreciate you putting me in that bracket. Um, my my journey has been very different to a lot. Um, it's been a, a long one, to say the least. Um, I've always been involved in the, in the age group Derbyshire cricket. So ever since um, under 10s, I played 
all the way through to under-17s academy um, and then started playing some second-team cricket after that. Um, and I, I was originally contracted for a year um, in 2016, I think. Um, for whatever reason, that didn't work out. I didn't get many opportunities. Um, but we're still determined to try and play professional cricket. That's always been uh, my aspiration. So after that, I went and spent a few winters out in Australia, continued to play out there and just try and improve as much as I could um, and came back and played second team cricket, uh, trying to force my way in. And obviously last year I was able to get an opportunity to, to play in the first team and show what I could do really and got a contract, the full contract on the back of that. So there's been a few ups and downs, but um, you know, like I said, it took the tough times what make the good times good so I'm, I'm grateful for it all and glad to be where I am at the minute and a lot of hard work still to go. Brilliant so this is obviously a, a school podcast um, did you play cricket at school are you a cricket playing school or? Um, I didn't play I think I played two games of cricket at school so I just went to a normal state school so we cricket wasn't really much of a thing um, we didn't really do much sport in general I only played a little bit of football uh, for school um, so yeah, unfortunately I wasn't able to play much at school, but all of my cricket as a junior was played at my local club, um, and I've, I've always been involved massively with cricket. Brilliant, so it just goes to show there's lots of different ways of, of getting to the top. I think you are at the top, because to be able to play cricket or any sport as a job, I would class that as the top. I know you might have aspirations to play beyond that at international level one day, but um, I would certainly say... You, you are at the top. Just one last thing. Um, have you ever been in the right place at the right time throughout your career? You mentioned in 2016 dropping out of the Derbyshire squad um, just because you didn't get the right opportunity. And I think conversely to that, it's about being in the right place at the right time as well in, in sport. Um, Alistair Cook mentioned that in the, in the, last, in the last podcast. So um, any time throughout your career where you thought, yeah, that, that's, that's made me what I am today. I've been very fortunate there. Um, it's hard to say. I'm looking back, there's obviously been a few opportunities that I've been able to take. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me was going abroad and playing in Australia, uh, getting that opportunity, playing in, in different conditions and learning how they play over there and then coming back and being better for that experience. Um, just always trying to improve and get, get better. Um, but as you said, it's it's all about opportunities. Professional sport. You've, if you don't get the opportunity, you can't you can't show what you can do. But it's just about trying to take them opportunities when they come, um, and and just do your best from there, really. Brilliant, Tom. Just on that, um, Mr. Bedford's just mentioned that um, he thinks you're at the top, and you mentioned earlier that your your aspiration has always been to be a professional cricketer. Now you're at that stage, um, and you've and you've got that contract. What are the aspirations for the future going forward, and and how have you been able to manage that without much control over the last three months? Uh, yeah, definitely. For me, it's just I just try and get better as as much as I can. Try and improve every day, whether that's be in the nets or in the gym, getting fitter, getting stronger. Um, just trying to improve little parts of my game. Because um, I think having that that setback of, of being released and being out of the game for a while, uh, it really makes you realise how lucky you were 
to be a professional cricketer and to play cricket for a job. Um, incredibly fortunate. So that's really made me like really determined to try and work as hard as I can and, and just be as good as I can and play for as long as I can. Whether that be um, international stuff, that's obviously a bit far in the future. I'm just trying yeah. to take it one day at a time almost and just keep trying to get as good as I can and try and help Derbyshire win as many games as we can. You mentioned briefly there about being in the right place at the right time and, and taking some of your opportunities. One of those opportunities which you took brilliantly last year was the T20 game, Derbyshire against Yorkshire, where you scored 70-odd. How do you look back on that game? What are your memories of it? Um, any keys that, that you thought thought about going into the game that gave you the best chance of being successful in that innings? Uh, yeah, it was a tough one. Um, obviously, that was the last game of the T20 tournament. Um, of the season really um, and hadn't been involved before that so whenever you're not involved it's always a bit disheartening but all I could do was just keep training as hard as I could keep doing the extra stuff uh, try and prepare as well as I can so that if I do get an opportunity I'll give myself the best opportunity to take it um, and with it being the last game of the season I almost went into it with a little bit of a carefree mindset but I've not really got much to lose it's the last game of the season um, and just try to approach it as much as in a carefree way as I could and just back my back myself, back my game plan and just go out and try try and execute that and I was luckily enough that it that it came off for me that day and that was it was pretty pleasing to be honest. And you managed to get hold of a couple of sixes in that game as well? <laughs> yeah, I managed to get a couple of good ones. Um Rooty Boy was a good one. <laughs> uh, a, few, a few people have mentioned that one to me, so that was, that was obviously a good one to get. Nice nickname as well. Well, it's definitely worth a mention, isn't it? So um, I couldn't let that one slide by without, without slipping it in. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that. Any advice? Obviously, it looks like our, our school cricketers are going to have a bit of time at home. Um, any advice for those lads who are going to have that time practising in the garden or on their drive? How would you recommend they go about dealing with those next couple of months? Yeah, it's obviously tough for everybody at the minute. Um, the weather's not ideal at the minute. I think it was minus three this morning. So it can be quite tough to get outside. But if, if you're brave enough, get outside, get in the back garden. Um, just play as much as you can, whether that be with brothers or sisters, siblings, parents. Um, just try and get out, enjoy it. Um, maybe a few drills in the back garden, just a few hundred arms or throwdowns, whether it's just a game of one-on-one bounce. Um, it's good to get out there and just, just try and enjoy a bit of cricket um, and then maybe just something for people for players who take it a bit more seriously with a few more aspirations I think now is a really good time um, for people to start thinking about their own game um, it's a good time to try and come up with a, with a game plan of how you're going to play, how you're going to go about it maybe a few strengths what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses and try and identify a few areas where you can improve so that once we are allowed to get back out, get out training, um, you know what you're going to do and you can, you can get to work on them. Cool. Um, just moving on, going to look at uh, a little bit of a feature. Um, so, Wenham's quick, quick fire questions are going to come at you. Five, yeah. five questions created okay. by Mr. Wenham. Uh, and you'll have 30 seconds to answer them. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Number one, favourite cricket ground that you've played at? Oh, wow. Uh, 
Um, probably Headingley. Um, a few years ago, I gave there with 10,000 people, so that was a, awesome. a pretty good one. And I got stuck in front of the Western Terrace on my debut, so I managed to cop quite a lot of abuse for an hour and a half. So good that idea. was all definitely memorable, but I enjoyed it. Very good. Sporting Idol. Uh, sporting Idol would be Andrew Fentoff growing up. I was at the perfect age of watching the 05 Ashes. Um, so he'd definitely be my cricket idol. Um, and just outside of cricket, I would say Tiger Woods, big golf fan, and LeBron James as well. Awesome. Um, best cricketing moment with Mr. Borrington? <laughs> oh, wow, there's been a few. There's been a few. Can I pick more than one? <laughs> yeah, go on. We'll extend the 30 seconds. So 2018 season at Ticknell, we've managed to win the Premier League and the Cup to win two tournaments was amazing. And then on a personal perspective for the two of us, I think we put on a massive part, opening partnership, which was a league record of uh, 330 for none. Um, so that oh, was wow. obviously a highlight. Classy. Um, best thing you think about Mr. Borrington's game? Oh, Wow. Uh, the best thing is probably his, his mental approach, how he approaches every game and every single ball. Um, he, he knows exactly what he can do and he, he executes it pretty much every game. So it's just the mental aspect is more impressive for me than, than anything else. Awesome. So that's a new feature to the podcast. <laughs> but we've, everybody we've had, starting with Mr Mantle in the first episode, we've asked the, the three same questions. So the first question, um, who's the best player you've played with, not your best friend? Oh, um, I couldn't just pick one. It'd be unfair to pick one, but Wayne Madsen would definitely be up there. He is, he is one of them people where you, you watch him play and you just think, how on earth can he do that? He makes things which are extremely difficult look easy. Um, and then another one I didn't manage to play many games with, but... Imran Tahir, he played a few 2020s for Derbyshire a few years ago and like his skill level and experience was just unbelievable. So I'd have to say them too. Brilliant. And the best uh, match you've ever played in? The best match? Um, this is a, a bit of a strange one, but it was actually from when I was in Australia for the first time. I played for Paul's club and I played in the second team. We played a 2020 at Geelong on an unbelievable wicket, amazing ground. They batted first and got 220, I think. And we knocked it off with one ball to go. We needed, I think we needed three to win off the last ball to knock off 220 in a 2020. Sure. The, the lad hit it for four. So that was, a, that was a good one, it springs to mind. Brilliant. And uh, the last question is, who would you rather have in your team? Corley, Smith, Williamson or Root? Or what team is it? The test team or one day team? That, that's also a really good question. I think just overall, I think just if you were going to play all three formats, then um, uh, I've got to go for Coley. He's he's the king for me. Coley's the king for me. Interesting. Good. I think that was something that came up in one of our podcasts with uh, with Mr. Mansell a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, nice. Tom, thanks very much for joining us. Fingers crossed for a full summer of cricket, and we wish you all the best. With your season, thanks very much for your time. No worries, thanks very much for having me. Mr Bedford, what did you think to that? Well, apart from the fact that he scored 70-odd against Yorkshire um, for Derbyshire, he, he was very kind in saying that Henley was his favourite ground, so 
that was uh, that was nice to hear. And, and the Western Terrace got a mention as well, which is good. And um, I've sat up there a few times, so um, yeah, that was it was really good. But what a what a pleasure to have him on on the show and uh, to talk about his journey as well, in particular. Very different to say, for example, Mr. Wenham, who's talked about his schoolboy career and how that got him to where he is today. Um, you know, Tom's mentioned how he didn't play any schoolboy cricket. So again, how fortunate our students are to get so much cricket at school. But at the same time, there's more than one way to get to the top. And he's clearly gone and played club cricket, probably playing for different clubs at, you know, during the week to try and get as many games in as possible, playing senior cricket from a young age. And that's what's got him to the top. So um, it's always really interesting to see and hear different people's journeys. Brilliant, yeah. Um, thanks again to Tom for joining us. He's, he's done brilliantly over the last few years to to make his way back into the Derbyshire squad. He's someone that I've played a lot with. Um, there's very few people that work as hard as he does. Um, and it's nice to hear that the pros are facing some of the same challenges that we're all facing around school cricket at the moment. So a big thanks to Tom. Um, he absolutely deserves a crack at playing in the Derbyshire side this year. And fingers crossed he'll get that opportunity to play some more games for Derbyshire in the, in the summer. Mr Wenham, what did you make of it? Yeah, yeah, uh, very, very interesting to, um, to hear his thoughts and his journeys. And like Mr Bedford said, a little bit different to, to my sort of story. Um, and also just like, I love hearing about sports people and actually anyone that, that bounce back and come back from, um, from bad news or, um, or sort of getting released or whatever, um, he's obviously He's obviously got a plan in his head, and he's and he's gone and done it, which is which is really cool to hear. Um, one thing I would say is that um, I wouldn't necessarily agree with his with his Virat Kohli um, claim of, of King Kohli. Um, I think he's a great player, but I have to say um, he's not he's not at the top for me. Um, you look at last night, Steve Smith um, scores a hundred odd, uh, 130 I think um, for Australia. Um, he literally. The difference for me is that that Coley, Coley's a good player or a great player amongst a really really good team. Steve Smith for me carries Australia. Um, if you look at the scorecard from last night, they're bowled out for 350 or whatever. Um, him and him and Marnus don't make runs and and they're out for for less than 100. Um, I think it'll be really interesting seeing Smith's been out of nick now for about 12 months or so. It'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up and if Marlis can keep that up and, and the new kids, the opener, um, if they can get into a bit of form in the run into the ashes, then um, then England could be facing a, a bit of a, some some big totals to chase down. Interestingly, um, Kane Williamson has gone to number one in the world in the last few weeks and I think that was my prediction in, in the first podcast, Mr Borrington, when Mr Manfield was, was yeah. on and yeah. I said, Kane Williamson, hearing things from when he was at Yorkshire as a, as a person, great bloke, but somebody who is not in the greatest team just carrying his team as well as a similar example to, to Steve Smith so um, yeah I'm not going to disagree with Tom because I think Cole is a class act but uh, in terms of the full package I think I think Williamson's still there for me I, I'd, I'd agree with that I think Kane Williamson he's just he's played Pakistan and he's averaged over 200 he's, he's such a, a classy player you watch him get to those milestones he's always just like next job for me, the, the the sort of the time that he really cemented himself as my my favourite player, um, which I'm sure he was very pleased about, um, 
was after the World Cup final at Lords and the way he spoke after that emotion and that defeat about his team and about how England played um, was just like phenomenal. I think Mr. Bedford, you mentioned it in the first podcast, he's just just comes across as a really great bloke as well as a great player. Um, oh, I think that's so important. Um, he just gets that right. I think the others have potentially, particularly Virat, um, to ex- well, obviously Steve Smith's had his troubles in the last sort of two years um, in terms of, of what's gone on there. He's just always been very clean, very open, very honest. Um, and yeah, you know what you're going to get. And I think he's, he's one of those people, it's no surprise that, that New Zealand has just become the number one test team in the world um, after that series because he's, dri- he's driven those standards and those players want to play for him. So that's quite cool. Yeah, I'd love to watch a little bit more uh, cricket, Mr Wenham, but um, fighting for the TV with three girls at home is <laughs> not all that easy. Um, however, I do, I do read up on it a lot and yeah, England going over to Sri Lanka, they've rested a few. Um, it's, I think it's just going to be a tough ask. It's going to be a tough ask for England. Uh, difficult conditions that we're just, you know, we're not as, as good in. So let's let's see what happens. We've got some stars missing, but um, I'm looking forward to England being back out on the on the Test stage. Yeah, I think it'll be um, be really interesting now that we're sort of leading into that Ashes series. Everything's sort of geared towards that. Um, it's all like now playing for places for the Ashes rather than winning this series. Um, and it seems to be the approach they're taking. Um, which is quite interesting, but also we've got some, some players that have done well over the summer and you just wonder whether they can back it up. Like someone like Zach Crawley um, had a great summer, but can he, can he back it up overseas? Um, someone like Johnny Bairstow coming back, potentially, I was reading earlier, that might bat at three. Um, like just such big opportunities for players. People like Leach, who's been out for, for a year. Uh, he's been so unlucky, sent home from tours with injuries and illnesses. Um, he's probably going to get a go. Uh, Mason Crane's another one that's been off the scene for a while, so it'll be really interesting to see who they select and how they go. Brilliant, yeah, we've, we've talked a lot, haven't we, about the conditions and, and various players in the England squad over the last few weeks, so it'll be nice in the next week or so to start getting to some, to some of those answers um, and finding out a little bit about some more players in that England team and hopefully we'll have, uh, we'll have some successful England matches to watch in the next few weeks. Right, um, as ever, we've finished with couple of questions for our special guest, Mr. Wenham. Mr. Wenham, most memorable game you've played in or watched? Yeah, had a, had a thought about this. Um, my, I've, got, I've probably got two that I've played in. Um, the first one would be um, when I, we played a touring team. Um, when I was playing for the first level at school, played an Australian touring side. Um, great game, uh, time declaration match. They put on about 300. Uh, for two maybe horrible day in the field um, and declared just before well just after tea maybe about sort of five o'clock um, and we had maybe two and a half hours to, be, to, to realistically get through rather than knock them off um, and and we, we had a bit of a collapse as was, as was um, customary for our team at that time and um, and yeah I, I sort of came in with, with 20 22 overs to go um, and and stayed there till the end. I was actually on I was actually on naught uh, with three balls to go, and I had the leggy. I found a picture of it earlier. Literally, have ten players around the bat, uh, me nice. tucked up in my forward defensive position. <laughs> leggy balls me a full toss, get in, in frustration. I put him way to the 
to the rope um, and the ball actually got lost. So with two balls to go in this very tiring and long draining game and everyone's sort of searching for this ball, um, which I, I got a lot of amusement from. Um, <laughs> the second one was in Australia and um, that was a charity match for Australia Day. Again, I'd just sort of been roped in from saying I kind of play a bit of cricket um, and wasn't, didn't know what to expect, rocked up and actually there was like probably a couple of thousand people there watching. Um, which was quite cool, not there to really watch the cricket, but to enjoy the day, but still create a bit of atmosphere, um, which was nice. And um, yeah, I actually made quite a few runs, which was, which was good as well. Um, that's probably my highest score, which was nice. So a lot of good memories and what time to do it. Um, so yeah, in terms, in, terms of, in terms of watching or being there, I was lucky enough to, I actually went to a military school, so I was lucky enough to play um, in the lunch interval at Lords um, in a military band. So, um, so yeah, I came on and, and uh, I just remember sort of marching out there, looking up and KP came out onto the, um, onto the balcony with a coffee and I was like, jaw dropped to the floor, <laughs> no interest in playing. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I think that was an England-India game and then I went, went and sat, uh, had some great seats for that. Um, just a, a really good day out. Brilliant. Um, best, player, best player played with? Uh, yeah. Two probably qualify for this. Um, one's a bit of a sentimental one. First one would be, I mentioned him earlier, Carl Greenwich uh, actually played for us against the MCC um, once and he was just fantastic to watch. Um, just such an athlete. Um, he was actually a, a quick um, and he was just like glide across the surface. Ball just moved in unbelievably well. Um, I, used to, I used to plant myself at second slip as skipper. Um, was never a good catcher, but didn't want to do much running, and um, and it was fantastic to watch that ball just just swooping through. Um, the second one would be would be my uncle. Um, he's actually a really really um, <clears throat> really strong cricketer. Um, actually went to Appleforth um, on a cricket scholarship, um, captain their first eleven uh, back in the day, and I was lucky enough. I think it's always great when you sort of share these experiences with your family members um, to play cricket with. With him was um, was really good. Um, he's a he's a great bat. Uh, actually, famously was in the was in the newspaper um, headline, sort of Norfolk newspaper when he was playing in the in the club leagues. Headline was his name was Anthony uh, Two Ton Tony after he made a double hundred, which we found very very funny. <laughs> Well, maybe when you get to play with Mr. Borrington in the summer in the start. Well, exactly. Team, it all he might, might change. That list. Yeah, hey, yeah. It could be Mr. Bedford. Or, or Mr. Mansell as well. Mr. Bar, Mr. Mr. Well, let's not, let's gonna... not joke about it. <laughs> <laughs> really. Mr. Wenner, Mr. Bedford, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks again to Tom Wood for giving us his time and his views on, on professional cricket at the moment. Most importantly, thanks very much to you for listening. We're going to try and keep recording as many podcasts, publishing as many videos um, and challenges for everybody to have a go at. So please send in as much cricketing content as you possibly can. It would be wonderful to see some people playing a bit of cricket, even though it might be snowing or it might be a little bit cold outside so please keep us in touch with how you are keeping up to date with your cricket um it would be great if you could like or share or retweet or favorite this just to help us try and reach as many people as we possibly can with this podcast thanks very much see you next time